Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, and we've made it to episode 20. Let me ask you a question. Who is your fa- Is a tough question. I know. I, only nerds are going to be able to answer it, but I'm a nerd, so I have my answer prepared. Who is your favorite White House press secretary? D- d- hold on, hold on. Think about it for a little bit. Over the pa- over your lifespan. So think back over the past number of years. Uh, think back to your childhood. Think about the first time you heard someone uh, speaking from the White House. Any of those big announcements of war or triumph. Uh, who who best held the title uh, and steered the ship as press secretary? of uh, the White House. While you think about it, I'm going to play you a little clip from my favorite White House press secretary. She served uh, during the Bartlett administration. C.J. Craig, here she is. Well, I'm not going to get into the details of the diplomatic exchange. There'll be more on that tomorrow. I'm told at this moment the House is getting ready to vote on the override of the president's veto, and I know you'll all want to cover that. Since this is the president's first veto, I thought it might be helpful if we brushed up on the rules. Sherry, can you tell us how many votes it takes to override a veto? I'm sorry. How many votes does it take to override, Sherry? A majority. Actually, it takes two-thirds. Yes, two-thirds majority. Yeah, 290. And how many votes does it take to sustain? That should be easy. You just subtract 290 from the total number of members in the House and add one. How many people sit in the House of Representatives, Sherry? Okay, maybe you can get the notes from a classmate. That's all, guys. I'll see you in the morning. Wasn't she great? Didn't C.J. Craig just show us how it was done? Uh, When she nobly served President Bartlett for all those years. Obviously, I'm making a joke right now. Obviously, as a fan of the West Wing, you know I'm talking about uh, C.J. Craig, uh, the actress portraying the role uh, in the Aaron Sorkin drama, The West Wing. Now, why? Why did I bring that up? Uh, Because there is something something, uh, real to this whole segment here. Uh, I found uh, just the other day uh, a letter sent by 13 former White House press secretaries uh, as well as press secretaries uh, from other federal agencies and offices. They uh, sent this letter. It's an open letter essentially to the White House and the current uh, director of communications, uh, ultimately saying that we respectfully urge the resumption of regular press briefings across our government. Uh, You remember things are a little bit different now that Trump is the president. Things aren't as routine. 
nor as predictable or as expected. Uh, and also, in this era of Trump, we receive information in different ways. We are able to, uh, and you know, maybe you wouldn't even phrase it that way, we're able to. Uh, we find ourselves on the receiving end of uh, thoughts directly from the mind of President Trump through his tweets. So some might ask, well, if we're able to receive this information directly from the president, why uh, would we need to resume these regular press briefings across the government? I want to walk through this letter a little bit, share with you some of the assertions they make, some of the points they make. And then uh, if we have time, I'll share with you my views on all this. As you know, we talked about uh, this earlier today. Congressman Rob Bishop joined us in studio to make an announcement. I had to offer a disclosure uh, or a disclaimer rather that I used to work for Congressman Rob Bishop. I was his communications director. I, uh, you know, on the scale of uh, working in the office of a congressman, I filled exactly this role from which these individuals write uh, this letter calling for a resumption of regular press briefings across the whole government. Uh, Some of the highlights from this letter. The public has a right to know what its government is doing, and the government has a duty to explain what is doing. Later on, they say an informed press corps strengthens our ability to govern. Put yourself in this situation. Think back to the Sarah Huckabee Sanders briefings when she would get up there and she would share a few lines about what was going on. And then immediately, immediately, uh, and I won't won't, uh, name names, but immediately from the the seats there uh, filled by the White House press corps, they would shout, shout these questions uh, that were often uh, prefaced by long, lengthy statements and assertions. And uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she'd get a few words out, uh, and then the reporters, the press corps, would be shouting and competing with each other to get their statements across. Uh, The letter continues, but most Americans will learn about the work of the White House in the reports they see, read, and hear in what we collectively call the press. Last week, we talked about uh, a responsibility borne by you and me to root out and seek source information. That's essentially, uh, you know, getting the goods from the horse's mouth. We ought to not rely solely on the interpretations of those who, uh, you know, populate the airwaves of the 24-hour news cycle. Uh, me accepted, though. Of course, of course, I'm accepted. I, I'm an accept. You and I, we're on the same side here. You and I can talk freely. Uh, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the folks writing this letter, they're the bad guys. Um, I'm just kidding. So, uh, what their assertion is that so many Americans rely on the news to get their information that it is beholden uh, upon the White House to host these briefings so that the press uh, may report them out. Uh, I'll go on here in this letter. It says, in times of military conflict and international crisis, these briefings take on even more importance. Uh, Later on, it says uh, on social media, wild rumors can fly and our adversaries can manipulate disinformation to their advantage. This gets to that point we made together last week that you and I uh, as living, you know, as we are citizens of this, you know, free nation where we have uh, freedom of the press, freedom of speech and all the other freedoms you and I enjoy. That comes with it a great measure of responsibility. And in this context, that responsibility is that you and I need to be responsible for the information that we take as fact. 
if we spend our time on social media and allow wild rumors to influence our decisions and allow ourselves to be manipulated by disinformation from our adversaries, we need to take responsibility for that. To safeguard ourselves against it, there are a number of things that you can do, uh, but it is not necessarily to rely on the interpretations made by uh, those who attend these press briefings and are calling for even more of them. Let me read to you the very last uh, bit of this uh, letter sent by these 13 press secretaries who have worked for presidents uh, over the past number of years. I'd point out, too, specifically that these press secretaries who signed their name to this letter, for the most part, worked for Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. Uh, Scott McClellan, former press secretary to George W. Bush, he does sign his name here, but uh, let me of the 13, let me count them. Uh, so, Jake Seward, he's Clinton. Uh, Jen is Obama. Dee Dee Myers, Clinton, McCurry, Clinton, uh, Scott McClellan, there's the exception uh, to uh, this list being made up of entirely Democrats, ex- except for Scott McClellan here. Let's see, George Little, Little worked for Obama, uh, Lockhart, Kirby, Gibbs, Clark, Carney, Jay Carney, remember him, uh, as well as... Um, Ambassador Nick Burns, who's a former State Department spokesperson, uh, worked for Clinton. Uh, anyway, for the most part, these are Democrat folks making these claims. Uh, the end of their letter reads thusly, and then we'll take a break. Credible men and women standing in front of these iconic backgrounds at the White House, State Department, Pentagon are essential to the work of the United States. Uh, and we respectfully urge the resumption of regular press briefings across our country, especially in the places where Americans want the truth. Our allies in the world want information and where all of us hopefully want to see American values reflected. I uh, say that there are other sources of information and I think that there are sufficient sources out there. That's that for that segment. Next up, uh, we're going to hear whether or not Amy's going to run for governor and play a little cleanup. There are a lot of topics uh, we haven't had the time to get to during this segment. A lot of exciting stuff here next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.